What is up, everybody? Welcome to DFS by the Numbers. These are my full card breakdown and predictions for UFC Vegas 83. We got Song Yadong going against Chris Gutierrez. And we are back breaking down another card this week. We are breaking down UFC Vegas 83, a card that was supposed to take place in China, a card that has been moved to the apex, a card that had 10 fights on it up until last night, um, a card that is not amazing. But uh, yeah, we, we, got a, we got a fight card on Saturday, so we are going to enjoy it. We're going to watch it. It's better than no fights at all, but my goodness, some of these fights just don't really make a ton of sense. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to breaking it down. As always, I think it's going to be a fun card as always. Before we get into it, if you guys could please do me a favor, leave a like on the video, subscribe to the channel if you have not already. Uh, this video is brought to you by Prize Picks. I'll be getting out my Prize Picks video later in the week. If you guys want to check out Prize Picks, use promo code DFSBTN for a 100%, 100% deposit bonus up to $100. And then if you guys want extra content, be sure to check out DFSbythenumbers.com. That's where you'll find all my other content that is not on YouTube. But yeah, going to be going through these fights. Uh, was able to get ahead, was able to get um, ahead of all these fights, and um, yeah, so getting this video out kind of early. So, and with all that out of the way, I say we get into it, and we're going to start with the first fight of the night, a fight that uh, looks pretty familiar, and it's going to be Mel Costa going against Steve Garcia. We got Mel Costa, 31 years old, six foot with a 73 inch reach, 14 and five, and three and two in his last five fights. Steve Garcia, 27 years old, five foot ten, with a 73 inch reach, 20 and six. And three and two in his last five fights. The reason this feels so familiar is because I broke it down last week. These guys were supposed to fight. Steve Garcia uh, pulled out like weigh-in day. Not sure when, maybe like an hour or so before the weigh-in. So yeah, apparently he had like a sickness. So yeah, um, they rebooked the fight to this card, I think, to help out this card because this card didn't need a lot of help. And yeah, this is a great fight. I mean, this fight being on the card automatically probably is a top three fight. So I think this fight being on the card is uh, is much much needed here but yeah i broke this down last week nothing's really changed i guess the only thing that has changed is you know what's up with steve garcia um you know what was going on with him that he had to pull out of the fight but apparently it was it was nothing that bad because they are going to be fighting here on saturday so uh, there has been some interesting line movement so mal costa was around like minus 230 or so last week prior to the fight, and then now he's minus 275, and again, I think a lot of it has to do with the whole Steve Garcia pulling out sick, you know, question marks on his side, but yeah, the, the breakdown hasn't really changed, uh, Steve Garcil Garcia, killer be killed fighter, this guy has, I think, five knockdowns for and five knockdowns against in the UFC, this guy's been dropped five times in his five professional fights, which is not good, um, you know, I don't think Steve Garcia has the best chin getting dropped multiple times by guys like Charlie Ontiveros, so yeah, Mel Costa is a guy that looked incredible in his last fight against Austin Lingo, he hit Austin Lingo with some big shots, uh, you know, Austin Lingo just next level tough, I think Lingo's a lot more durable than, than Steve Garcia, because you know, if, if Mel Costa is landing some of those same shots he landed on Ling Lingo, I think he goes out there and finishes Garcia, and I think it's early as well. But yeah, Garcia's been looking good. He's been flashing power. I'm a big fan of both guys here, but I like Costa, the more durable guy. I think he has a lot of tools on the feet, and I think he lands something big here and knocks out Steve Garcia in the very first round. And the whole pulling out sickness type thing only makes me a little bit more confident in Mel Costa this week. So give me Mel Costa. I'll say first round knockout. Moving on, we have a fight that, I mean... 
I'm not sure what the UFC is doing here. Again, it's probably because this card has needed a lot of help. There were barely any fights, and they're like, okay, why not put Carlos Vera into the UFC? It just makes no sense to me, but we'll, we'll break it down anyway. We got Daniel Marcos going against Carlos Vera. Uh, we got Daniel Marcos, 30 years old, 5'7", with a 69-inch reach, 15-0, and 5-0 and in his last five fights. Carlos Vera, 36 years old, 5'6", with a 69.5-inch reach, 11-3, and 4-1 and in his last five fights. Daniel Marcos opening up a pretty big favorite around like the minus 300 range. Uh, Vera opening up around minus 250 or plus 250. And then now money has came in on Marcos. Marcos minus 400 and Vera plus 330. Again, very questionable signing. I guess they couldn't find another Bantamweight in the UFC. Um, so they had to bring in Carlos Vera for some reason. Vera, a 36-year-old Bantamweight that was on the Ultimate Fighter, lost to Brad Katona. I mean, this should be a, an easy fight for Daniel Marcos. I think this is a step down in competition for Daniel Marcos. Daniel Marcos has, um, you know, lot or beat Davy Grant in his in his last fight. A lot of people thought that he lost the fight. I personally did score the fight for for Davy Grant, but was able to go out there nonetheless and get the win. Had that good win against Simon Oliveira as well with uh, that TKO in the second round. So yeah, Marcos, he's very good. He's fifteen to zero. It's a step down in competition from a guy like Davy Grant. I think it's a good matchup for him. I think he dictates where this fight takes place. Should be the much better striker. Should be a a walk in the park here for Marcos in a fight that just doesn't make any sense other than just adding another fight to this card randomly. So give me Daniel Marcos to win this fight. I'll say he wins this fight by decision. Vera's very tough. He's never been knocked out. Has been submitted twice, but Marcos no subs on his record. So give me Marcos. And Marcos by decision. Moving on. Oh my gosh. Rayon Dos Santos going against Talita Alencar. We got Dos Santos, 28 years old, 5'2", with a 62-inch reach. 14-6 and and 4-1 and in her last five fights. Alencar, 33 years old, 5'1", with a 58.5-inch reach. 4-0-1 and 4-0-1 in her only five fights. We'll take a look at the odds. We see that uh, Dos Santos opened up a dog, plus 125. Currently minus 150, and then Alan Carr opened up as a minus 145 favorite, and she is currently sitting as a plus 130 underdog. So this was one of like the late ads for this card. So this card originally was had like eight fights on it, and then they added like two just ridiculous fights. I think they added this fight, and then they added an, and then they added the uh, Anthony Smith Killer Roundtree fight, which is a great fight. But this fight I have a little bit of a problem with because. Talita Allen Carr went to a draw on the Contender Series, and I think both the fighters involved in that draw got a contract. Uh, Luciano, I think, was the other fighter involved. And yeah, Allen Carr looked good for the first five minutes, um, and then she looked really tired after the first round. She was still able to, to squeak out the second round, just completely exhausted. And in the third round, just completely exhausted. It got 10 in the third round, showed no cardio, showed, a, showed great toughness, but... You know, getting 10-8 in the third round was not the best look, but Dana White liked it, and he gave them both contracts. And then you got Rand DeSantos, who lost on the Contender Series against Denise Gomes. The fight really wasn't remotely competitive, and I'm just not sure either fighter is really, you know, UFC caliber here. I think this is a fight they're just throwing on here to to add more fights onto this card, because, I don't know, I mean, Alan Carr has good jiu-jitsu. She's a BJJ black belt, very, very good grappler. Okay wrestling, you know, very sloppy on her entries at times. She shoots into flying knees a lot. She loves getting kneed in the face on takedowns. Doesn't have the best cardio, as we saw in the Contender Series fight. So, And, and then doesn't have the best striking at all. She wanted nothing to do with the striking on the Contender Series. Just nothing at all. Whereas you got Rayon Dos Santos, you know, six losses in her career. I don't think she's really great everywhere, but she's going to be the better striker automatically. 
even though I don't think her strike is that good. She's the better striker. I think she's going to have the better cardio. I think her takedown defense is solid. And then she's a BJJ black belt in her own right. I mean, this is about as low level as, as it gets. I know people get really offended when I say that, but I mean, it, it's, it's a low level fight. I'm going to take uh, Real Dos Santos to win this fight by decision, stuffing the takedowns, having the better cardio, and having the slightly better striking. So give me Real Dos Santos to win this fight by decision. I can't believe I just broke down this fight for a UFC card. Moving on, we got Luana Santos going against Stephanie Egger. We got Luana Santos, 23 years old, 5'6", with a 67-inch reach, 6-1, and 4-1 and one in her last five fights. Stephanie Egger, she is 35 years old, 5'6", with a 68-inch reach, 8-4, and four, and 3-2 and two in her last five fights. We'll take a look at the odds. We have Luana Santos opening up minus 210, currently minus 190. Stephanie Egger opening up plus 180 currently, plus 165. Yeah, this is a very close fight in my opinion. I think these fighters are, are pretty similar. Both these fighters are uh, judo black belts. Both these fighters have some solid jiu-jitsu as well. And Luana Santos went out there in her debut against Juliana Miller and looked like just incredible. I mean, she went out there, she hurt Juliana Miller on several occasions, and she went out there and um, knocked out Juliana Miller in the very first round. As far as Stephanie Egger, I think people are very low on her right now after going out there and getting submitted in the first round by Irina Alexeva, but that was kind of like a flukish type situation there. I think if they ran that back, you know, Stephanie Egger should go out there and I think like a lot of people thought, you know, beat Irina Alexeva, but Alexeva got that knee bar. It is what it is. But yeah, I went back and watched Santos's fights outside of the Miller fight. And yeah, she's making a lot of mistakes on the mat. Um, she's getting her back taken a lot. Um, she's very, very sloppy. When the fight hits the ground, I've seen her, you know, get reversed. I've seen her get her back taken. I've seen her, you know, get stuck on bottom. And I feel like Stephanie Egger can kind of potentially get this fight down to the mat herself and, and win minutes on top. In terms of the striking, I don't think either fighter is the best striker in the world, but I, I would favor Luana Santos there. But she can be very sloppy in the striking. It almost looks like she's like like slapping in there. I mean it, but I mean it worked against Juliana Miller. Not sure who it, who else it's going to work against in the UFC. But yeah, I, I actually expect this fight to take place a lot on the ground and, and against the cage as well. And at that point, you know, I think Edgar can have some success here. But yeah, this is a close fight. The line doesn't indicate that at all. I'm not really sure why Luana Santos is minus 190. But uh, apparently people were really impressed with her debut, which rightfully so. She looked good, but she looked good against Juliana Miller. Uh, Stephanie Agers fought some, some very good competition in the UFC. Tracy Cortez... Mara Bueno Silva, Eileen Perez. She beat Eileen Perez, which is aging very, very well. So, yeah, I'm going to take Edgar here as a dog. I think it's a lot closer than this line does indicate. All right, uh, moving on, we got Kevin Jusay going against Song Kanan. We got Kevin Jusay, 30 years old, six foot two with a 75 inch reach, nine and two and four and one in his last five fights. Song Kanan, 33 years old, six foot with a 71 and a half inch reach, 21 and seven, and three and two. In his last five fights. So we'll take a look at the odds. We have Kevin Jusay opening up minus 225, currently minus 155. Song Kanan opening up plus 190, currently plus 135. This money line is coming down a little bit. Um, people taking some dog shots on Song Kanan. And, and yeah, I agree. I, I think this is another close fight. Kevin Jusay looked really good in his debut. But that was a fight where I think it was in um, Perth. And 
it felt to me like they just threw the fight on the cards because Kevin Jusay trains at City Kickboxing. And then they put him against Kiefer Crosby, who's just not UFC caliber. And he went out there and, and handled him accordingly. He was only like minus 155 against Kiefer Crosby as well, believe it or not. So about the same price tag here. I mean, you know, Sankanan would, would destroy Kiefer Crosby in, in, in the first round, I think. So, yeah, this is a step up in competition, in my opinion, for Kevin Jusay. Like, Sankanan's fought some, some very good fighters in the UFC. You know, Ian Gary. He fought Ian Gary. He hurt Ian Gary in the first round. Almost had Ian Gary out of there in the first round. Pulled off a big upset against Rolando Bedoya, you know, a guy that people were very excited about. You know, fought guys like Max Griffin, um, Alex Morono. So, yeah, Son Kanan's fought some really good guys. Kevin Jusay, I don't know. He's just, he's, he's low volume in most of his fights. He's very hittable. Um, not a big sample size, but in that, in that Kiefer Crosby fight, he sported a 33% striking defense. And Kiefer Crosby was having success, you know, striking against this guy, which is very concerning in my opinion. Cause I don't think Kiefer Crosby's that great. Kiefer Crosby outlanded him 39 to 29. Crosby kind of gassed out. Um, he got taken down and, and insta-tapped. But again, I don't think Crosby's UFC caliber. Whereas Song Kanan, I, I think he is. I think the striking is going to be very competitive. I like the volume of Song Kanan. I like the power, especially of Song Kanan, and I don't like the striking defense of Kevin Jusay. So, close fight. I think this fight potentially goes the distance. Um, but yeah, I like the power of Song. I think Song can land some big shots here, maybe hurt Jusay a couple times. Jusay is next level tough, though, so I'm not sure he finishes him, but I'll say Song Kanan goes out there and wins a decision, a very close and competitive one at that. So, give me a Song Kanan to pull off the upset and win this fight by decision. All right, uh, moving on. We got Tetsura Tayara going against Carlos Hernandez. We got Tetsura Tayara, 23 years old, 5'7", with a 70-inch reach, 14-0, obviously 5-0. In his last five fights, Carlos Hernandez, 30 years old, 5'8", with a 67-inch reach, 9-2, and 4-1 and in his last five fights. Uh, Tayara opened up minus 650, currently minus 500. Carlos Hernandez opened up plus 475, currently plus 385. And yeah, um... Should be a, a a solid fight here for Tetsura Tayara. It should be a fight that he goes out there and, and wins and, and potentially in dominant fashion. Carlos Hernandez, is, he's solid. I, I like Carlos Hernandez. I think his takedown defense is okay, just okay. I think his striking is solid. I like the volume. Um, he's a he's a well-rounded guy. I think he's even a black belt in BJJ. But, you know, he's been sub before in the UFC. We saw Alain Nascimento take his back and choke him out in the first round. I've seen him taken down multiple times. So I think Tyara should have no problem taking this fight down to the mat. Tyara, I think, is an okay striker. I think the striking is definitely coming along. But, you know, the best part of Tyara's game is just the grappling. Very, very slick grappling from Tyara. Very good back takes. Very good transitions. Uh, I, I love the transition to the arm bar. He gets it pretty much every time. Uh, so yeah, I think Tyra should be able to get takedowns here. I, I don't think they'll be too hard to come by. And then once his fight hits the mat, it's it's Tyra's world. So I don't know if it comes in the first. I don't know if it comes in the second. I don't know if it comes in the third, but I think it does come. So I'll say uh, Tyra by sub here. I'll, I'll say first round sub. I think he takes this fight down to the mat and, and styles on Hernandez. So give me Tyra, Tyra first round sub in this one. All right, uh, yeah, sorry for the jump scare on that uh, Hung Sung Park picture. I don't know why it's so so close up. But uh, yeah, Hung Sung Park going against Shannon Ross. We got Hung Sung Park, 28 years old, 5'7", with a 66-inch reach, 8-0, and 5-0 and in his last five fights. Shannon Ross, 34 years old, 5'6", with a 66-inch reach, 13-8, and and 1-4 and in his last five fights. We have Park as one of the biggest favorites on the card. I think Tyara and Park are both tied for the biggest favorite right now. We got Hung Sung Park opening up minus 300, currently minus 500. 
Shannon Ross opening up plus 250, currently plus 275. Yeah, I think this aligns hilarious, <laughs> to be honest, because I don't think Hung Sung Park's that great. It's just he's he's going against Shannon Ross. It's one of those situations where, yeah, Park's not the best fighter in the world. Honestly, very underwhelming performance in his debut. Um, but it kind of took him a little bit to get going. It took him like to the third round to get going. But once he got going, he got the fight down to the mat and, and got a, got a third round submission. But I wasn't incredibly impressed with that performance. He's taken on Shannon Ross, where I remember researching this, uh, you know, Shannon Ross's fight on Contender Series, and I was actually somewhat impressed with Ross. I think he has skills, but the big problem with Ross, I think everybody knows that that's why Parks minus five hundred now. It's just the durability. I mean, I had Jesus Aguilar to win the fight inside the distance against Ross. I bet the inside the distance. I was not expecting Aguilar to knock out Ross, and I was definitely not expecting Aguilar to knock out Ross in like 20 seconds. I mean, it was ridiculous. Jesus Aguilar has a 62-inch reach, which has to be the shortest reach in in the flyweight division, in UFC in, in general, in terms of a, a male, right? And then Jesus Aguilar had zero knockouts prior to the Shannon Ross fight. And not only did he knock out Ross, but he knocked him out with like the first punch that landed. And I was there live. I was celebrating my win. And then like, and then Ross still wasn't getting up. I was like, I'm, I'm concerned for this guy. I kind of feel bad. Like, is, is Ross, are you all right? Because it was a brutal, brutal knockout. I mean, this guy's been getting brutally knocked out, brutally knocked down. Kletzen knocked him out in, in 58 seconds. Aguilar knocked him out in like 20 seconds. Venetia Salvador, I don't think is UFC caliber, dropped him three times. I mean, this guy, Shannon Ross, has just shown no durability. So... Although, skill for skill, I think these guys are a lot closer than the line does indicate. I mean, how can you pick Shannon Ross if he's if he's getting knocked out with, you know, anything that's landing at this point? So, with that said, though, you know, Park's not a murderous power puncher, but but so but neither was uh, Jesus Aguilar. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going Park here. I'm kind of leaning like a club and sub. Park's grappling's good, but uh, I think he's going to have to hurt Ross on the feet first, which, which shouldn't be too hard. So, yeah, give me Park here. I'll take him to win this fight by second or third round club and sub. All right, um, moving on, I got so confused for a second. I thought I made a mistake. I thought this was Kelvin Gastelum. I thought, why is this on here? This was last week. That got me. That scared me. Uh, but yeah, Nazareth Hackbrass. And maybe it is uh, Maybe it is Gastelum. Maybe Gastelum is trying to come back a week later and, uh, and right his wrong. That was his last fight against Sean Brady. I don't know. That could be that could be happening, but we got Nazareth Hackbrass going against Jamie Malarkey. We got Hackbrass, twenty eight years old, five foot ten, with a seventy two inch reach, fifteen and five and three and two in his last five fights. Jamie Malarkey, twenty nine years old, six foot, with a seventy four inch reach, seventeen and six and three and two in his last five fights. We'll take a look at the odds. We have Nazareth Hackbrass opening up minus one eighty five, currently minus two twenty. Jamie Malarkey opening up plus one sixty, currently plus one eighty five. There's been some line movement on Hackbrass the last twenty four or so hours. When I was looking at this fight, you know, Hackbrass was around like the minus 185 area. Um, I think people are starting to realize that Jamie Malarkey is just not as good as, as some people think. I mean, this guy was a massive favorite against Naimov, got knocked out. He was like minus 600. And he was a massive favorite against McDessie in a fight that really could have went either way. Um, I personally scored it for McDessie, but uh, the judges saw it differently. Um, the second It probably came down to the second round where Malarkey outlanded McDessie almost 2-1, to one, but Malarkey did get dropped late in the second round. And then in the third round, uh, Malarkey got outlanded a decent bit. So I don't know what the judges thought, though. But yeah, I thought McDessie beat him. But yeah, now we got Hackbrass as the favorite here, and I think it's warranted. Um, yeah, Hackbrass, I was impressed with his performance against Landon Quinones. He went out there and landed around 170 significant strikes. He gave Landon Quinones 
you know, everything he could take. I mean, I was shocked that Quinota was able to kind of hang in there. Hackbrass hurt him on multiple occasions. Hackbrass even battled some adversity in that fight, getting his, his legs kicked off in the first round, was able to, to battle through it and still go out there and land that much volume. He's taken on Jamie Malarkey, who's just too hittable for me. I mean, this guy's striking defense isn't great. I don't think Malarkey has the best chin, getting dropped by McDessie, Nyamov, Michael Johnson. I think Brad Riddell even knocked him down a couple times. I mean, Jalen Turner knocked this guy down. So yeah, I don't think he has the best durability and you don't have the best striking defense and that's just not a good combination against a guy like Hackbrass who can dish out volume and can dish out power as well. So yeah, I think Hackbrass knocks him out, but we're not getting a big underdog price on, on Jamie Malarkey. I mean, I think the market has been really overrating Jamie Malarkey as of late. I think that it's come back to, down to earth a little bit and I think this line's probably about right even maybe a little bit too wide. i think we're discrediting jamie larkey a little bit but in terms of a winner you, i gotta go hack brass here i'm actually gonna take hack brass to knock out jamie malarkey at some point in this fight call it second round moving on we have jung young park going against andre muniz we got jung young park 32 years old five foot ten with a 73 inch reach uh, 17 and five and four and one in his last five fights andre muniz 33 years old six foot one with a 78-inch reach, 23-6, and six, and 3-2 and two in his last five fights. I'll take a look at the odds here. Jung Young Park is the favorite. He opened at minus 275, currently minus 190. Andre Benitez opened up plus 235, currently plus 165. And yeah, a fight that I'm kind of struggling with. Um, I think, you know, everybody's really low on Andre Benitez at, the, at at this point. But we got to take a look at his last two fights, right? His last two losses come against incredible grapplers. Brennan Allen, BJJ Black Belt, very, very dangerous on the mat. And then Paul Craig, BJJ Black Belt, very, very dangerous on the mat. And Andre Meniz is a, is a dangerous grappler himself. He's a BJJ Black Belt, one of the best grapplers in the division. I mean, this guy went out there and submitted Jacare Souza, snapped his arm. I mean, that... That doesn't happen by accident. Andre Benitez is uh, his jujitsu is at very high level, but his last two fights he's he's kind of turned into a striker. I mean, this guy's he stopped going for takedowns, uh, started to rely a lot more on his striking, and that's just not his game at all. And it it shows. Um, he shot he, he completed zero takedowns against Brendan Allen, just inexcusable. And it took him to the second round to to wrestle against Paul Craig. So, but this is a fight where I I think he goes back to to wrestling here, and he needs to. And for, for Mooney's to win this fight, I think it is going to have to be early. A lot of Mooney's wins come early in the fight. Um, you know, submitted Eric Anders in the first round, submitted Jacare Souza in the first round, submitted Fabinski in the first round, submitted uh, Taylor Johnson in the first round on Contender Series. A lot of his wins do come early. And when fights do get extended, he doesn't look that great. I don't think he has the best cardio. I mean, the Paul Craig fight, he gassed out. Ended up on bottom and got got pounded out against Brendan Allen. Got subbed against Brendan Allen in the third round. So and you can't gas out against a guy like Jung Young Park because Park's going to push a pace. He's going to bring a ton of volume. He's going to 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 break you with that pressure like he has been doing. Park back to back to back submission wins for him. You know submitting Joseph Holmes, Albert Drive, and Dennis Tuiluin, three atrocious grapplers. But I mean three submissions nonetheless. I mean if he submitted Andre Benitez, that'd be incredible. But I kind of. How I kind of see it playing out is I think for Park to win this fight, he's going to have to survive those first five minutes. And if this fight hits the second round, it's it's Park all day. It's just, I think Maniz is going to get some opportunities here early. I think we're all counting out Maniz a little bit too much. But at the same time, it, it's hard to pick a guy like Maniz, um, who has about five minutes of gas to go out there and, and beat Park. He's just been looking really good lately. So, um, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm going to pick Park here to win this fight. I'll say he does weather that early storm and breaks Muniz down the stretch, finishing finishing him in the third round via TKO. But Muniz's first round sub is, is very much on the table, I think. But give me Park. I trust him more. I'm going to take him to win by third round TKO. All right. Moving on, we got Alan Nascimento going against Sumadarji. We got Nascimento, 32 years old, 5'8", with a 69.5-inch reach, 20-6, and six, and 3-2 and two in his last five fights. Sumadarji, 27 years old, 5'8", with a 72-inch reach, 16-5, and five, and 3-2 and two in his last five fights. We'll take a look at the odds. And we have Nascimento opening at minus 235, currently minus 310. Sumadarji opening at plus 200, currently plus 260. Very fun fight here. Striker versus grappler matchup here. I guess what's interesting about this fight, something that's very important to note, um, you know, Sumadarji has five losses. All five of those losses come by submission. Anytime we've seen Sumadarji off his back, he's looked atrocious. He's getting subbed. So, in theory, Alan Nascimento, it probably takes one takedown, but not even that. Like, he could take the back like he did against Carlos Hernandez. Nascimento's grappling is very, very good. His striking's coming along, but he's not going to want to strike with Sumadarji. I mean, I think is a very good striker. He's uh, pretty big for the division, has that big reach as well, reach advantage in this fight, a ton of power. Yeah, Nascimento's not going to want to strike with this guy. So, yeah, I mean, this is about a striker versus grappler as it gets. I mean, if Sumadarji is able to stuff the takedowns, keep it standing, he's, he's going to look like a big favorite. But if Alan Osimento gets a takedown here, um, I think he looks like a big favorite, and I think that's the more likely scenario. I think Alan Osimento gets it down to the mat and, and finds a sub here. Alan Osimento, he's a guy that I, I don't think he really has the best wrestling in the world at all, but he's a guy where his wrestling looks to be improving. Uh, was able to land two takedowns against Carlos Hernandez. Was able to land two takedowns against Jake Hadley. See, so yeah, I think the wrestling's getting better from Nascimento um, compared to where it was earlier in his career, which was just n- completely non-existent. But yeah, if he gets his fight down on the mat once, that that is probably it. So give me Nascimento. I think he has a significant advantage on the mat. I think he gets it down there and submits Sumadarji in the very first round. All right, moving on to the co-main event. We got Khalil Roundtree going against Anthony Smith. We got Khalil Roundtree, 33 years old, six foot one. With a 76 and a half inch reach, 12 and 5 and 4 and 1 in his last five fights. Anthony Smith, 35 years old, 6 foot 4 with a 76 inch reach, 37 and 18 and 3 and 2 in his last five fights. We'll take a look at the odds we have. Uh, Khalil Roundtree, he opened up, believe it or not, uh, plus 210. He's currently minus 225. And I know some people that actually was able to get Roundtree at plus 210. It, was, it opened up about a week ago. And Anthony Smith opened up minus 250. He's currently plus 190, just a ridiculous opener. But, you know, people were able to take advantage of that. So, yeah, I mean, uh, Khalil Roundtree, the story with him throughout his entire career uh, has always been kind of which which Khalil is going to show up. Is it going to be, you know, Bangkok, uh, Thailand Khalil, where, you know, he, he took some time, went to Thailand, came back and looked like a new fighter against Anders? Or is it going to be the Khalil Roundtree that, that gets finished in the first round by by Ion Kudalaba, by Tyson Pedro, by um, Marcin Paracnio. I mean, losing a decision to Marcin Paracnio. So there's there's times where Roundtree shows up, he looks great. There's times where Roundtree shows up and just looks checked out, looks done, looks looks awful. So, but with that said, as of late, it's just been the the good Roundtree just showing up uh, nonstop. I mean, it's been. A great run for Khalil Roundtree, you know, brutally knocking out Modestus Bukowskis with that leg injury. 
the Carl Roberson knockout was one of the most brutal, just mean knockouts. I mean, he beat the crap out of Carl Roberson. Won a decision against Justin Jacoby. I thought he lost, but the fact that it was that competitive, impressive. And then just knocked out Chris Dawkins, one of the most unnecessary follow-up shots I've ever seen. Poor Chris Dawkins. Um So, yeah, round three, four fights in a row, four good performances. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, Roundtree's been looking good. He's been looking consistent, which consistency is not really something we see a ton through Roundtree uh, throughout his career. So that's good. He's, he's being consistent. Uh, in steps, Anthony Smith on short notice. I don't like that. Anthony Smith has a ton of fights. Well, how many fights does Anthony Smith have? I think it's like 55? 55? Yeah, 55 fights for Anthony Smith. He's obviously taken a ton of damage. He's been finished 14 times in his career. I don't like the short notice, and I, I don't like kind of the opposite with Roundtree. I don't like these last performances from Smith. The Ryan Spann fight, I thought that was more on just Ryan Spann beating himself there. Uh, Ryan Spann was this close to finishing Anthony Smith in the second round, couldn't quite get him out of there. And then Ryan Spann just like stopped fighting, from, uh, which was interesting throughout the rest of the fight. But yeah, he won the fight, Anthony Smith, and then he, he fought Johnny Walker, and I did not like that performance either. He kind of gave up, it looked like, Anthony Smith in that third round. Um, he was kind of looking for a way out in that third round. Johnny Walker didn't quite put it on him. And then he got finished by Magomed Ankalaev in that fight. I think there's an injury. So, yeah, the last three performances haven't been great from Smith. But he's a veteran, and in theory, he potentially has a path to victory here. Like, if, if Smith gets a takedown, I think he could potentially find a submission here. We've seen Roundtree just look terrible anytime he's taken down, but kind of a big if, in my opinion. I think Roundtree should stuff the takedowns here. And if he does, I think he puts a beat down on Smith here and, and probably finishes him in the first round. So I'm going to go Khalil Roundtree. He's been looking like a monster lately. I don't like how Anthony Smith's been looking lately. I don't like the short notice for Anthony Smith. And I think Khalil Roundtree comes in here and knocks out Anthony Smith in the first round. Uh, forget who Roundtree was supposed to fight originally. But he was supposed to fight somebody last week. Uh, Mirzakhanov, I think it was. Mirzakhanov had to pull out. And then in steps Anthony Smith. They put it on this card. So, yeah, I like Roundtree here. Roundtree first round knockout for me. All right, main event. We got Song Yudong going against Chris Gutierrez. We got Song Yudong, 26 years old, 5'8 with a 67-inch reach. 27-1 and one and 4-1 and one in his last five fights. Chris Gutierrez, 32 years old, 5'9 with a 67-inch reach, 24-4-2. And four and one in his last five fights. We'll take a look at the odds. Song Yadong, big favorite, open up minus 255, currently minus 350. Chris Gutierrez open up plus 215, currently plus 275. And yeah, um, interesting fight. I'm not really sure what they're doing here with the matchmaking. I would have liked to see Song Yadong fight somebody up a little bit higher in the rankings because uh, he just beat Ricky Simone, which is an incredible win. Uh, lost to Corey Sanhagen in a fight that was pretty competitive up until that that doctor stoppage, which was good. Knocked out Marlon uh, Marias, knocked out uh, Julio Arce. So, yeah, I would have liked to see him fight somebody up. You know, um, I don't. I feel like it's kind of a, a step in the wrong direction, if you will. But yeah, it should be a fun fight. Um, Chris Gutierrez, obviously incredible leg kicks, but. That's really about it. I think his hands are fine, but Song Yudong is going to have um, the much better striking here in terms of the boxing. I like the striking of Song Yudong. Very fast hands here. The power especially of Song Yudong is incredible. When, when Song Yudong's kind of struggling, outside like the Sanhagen fight, but when he's really struggling, it's when guys are taking him down. Kyler Phillips took him down three times. Stamen took him down five times. Even Marlon Vera took him down a couple times as well. And that's not Chris Gutierrez. Chris Gutierrez is not completing takedowns here. I think if anything, Song Yudong might be able to flip the script and and take down Chris Gutierrez here. You know, Team Alpha Male guy, I could see it. 
potentially. But yeah, primarily, I think this fight's going to stay standing. You got the leg kicks of Gutierrez. You got the striking of, uh, of Song Yudong in terms of the hands, in terms of the power as well. And we got Song Yudong with that five-round experience. He just knocked out Ricky Simone in the fifth. We saw him in, against Corey Sanhagen go into the fourth round. Chris Gutierrez, it's going to be, I believe, his first five-round fight. I think the cardio advantage should go to Song Yudong. The wrestling advantage should go to Song Yudong. The power advantage should go to Song Yudong. And on top of that, this guy's much younger as well. So I think a lot of reasons to like Song Yudong. I, I don't like the line, but I'll pick him to win this fight. I'm thinking by decision. Chris Gutierrez is super durable. So, yeah, give me Song Yudong. Song Yudong here to win by decision. There you guys have it. Thank you for watching. If you guys could, leave a like on your way out. Subscribe to the channel. Uh, be on the lookout for more content throughout the week. Prize picks content, DraftKings content, betting content, you name it. You'll find it here on DFS by the numbers. You guys, best of luck. Enjoy the card, and we'll talk to you very soon.